Yeah, I know Halloween's what six freaking days away as we tape. Yep, but it's just at the worst possible time for us, so we it's won't the be able. Cut off. Yep, it'll be November the next time you hear us. So we got to do our Halloween stuff now. Here and on the weekend edition, of course, the weekend edition we will have scary movie reviews. Well, stupid, <laughs> stupid, scary movie one, reviews. One decent and one stupid. And, of course, one great one in our story time, because you gave it. You gave me the softball last week. the softball story time. And, of course, I hit it. I had to. (laughs) I pulled it to left center out of the park. There you go. But you kids will have to get up Saturday morning, nursing your hangover for your Saturday morning hangover cure. The Halloween edition of Weekend Edition, Sports Frenzy 2.0. You do not want to miss that. But for now, it is sports. It is the NFL. There were some scary things that happened. It was a frightening (laughs) weekend. As we look back at NFL Week 7, first up, the Bears. The Bears win again. Stumbled their way, ran their way. To victory over the Raiders. Donta Foreman finally earning that what three million that we gave him. Where I was, yeah. Oh, what where the, the what's hell the has what? he been? He's you been a healthy s- scratch. Yeah, up until this game, when Khalil Herbert's on the IR, and the other guys or are Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson's dinged up. So there you go. Well, this is at least what I wanted to see from him. Yeah. We knew. If they were going to let Montgomery go, I figured Foreman would be the lead guy or at least share time with Khalil Herbert. Yeah, you would think that would have been your one-two punch. Right. Now, maybe that will be what we see. Right. Who knows? But the Bears beat the hapless Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my God. They are so bad. How does a team with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs – how are they this bad? Because they have a shithead coach. Now, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo hurt again. But I figured Brian Hoyer was a competent enough backup quarterback. Yeah. There's no. As our picks would show from last week, we yeah, figured. Everybody even figured with Hoyer, we figured the against should be able to... the D2 rookie pageant, we figured, oh. Yeah. But the Raiders are living up to their reputation of losing to rookie quarterbacks. Living down to their reputation, yeah. And their head coach has got to be number one on the hot seat to get canned. Isn't that shocking, though, that that somebody has actually jumped ahead of Matt Eberflus? Oh, that's frightening. Yes. Yeah, Josh McDaniel is just an absolute train wreck as a head coach. Yep. He has no clue what he's doing. It's amazing to me. They have stumbled their way to three wins already. Yeah. Amazing. But good for the Bears. They still still have Carolina's pick. <laughs> That's right. So we still have that. Even though we're we're winning, we we might be dropping back with our pick a little bit. But we still will have the number one overall. 
Yes, because right now Carolina looks like far and away they are going to be the worst team in the league. Yep, speculation is they will be selling it by the trade deadline, trying to recapture some draft picks. Then, of course, the Cardinals are going to get Kyler Murray back, so you might you might see them win another couple games. One or two more, maybe. Yeah, so... All is good, Bears fans. Just in terms relax. of our, our quest for ineptitude, don't <laughs> worry. If we can't pull it off, we'll have the Panthers do it for us. Exactly. God damn it! Oh, Speaking Lord. of ineptitude, my Buccaneers snatching defeat from the jaws of victory again—a game they should have won at home against. The- I want to say the elder statesman's Falcons, but even he went against them. This week. This week. This this past this week. This past yes. week. Sixteen to thirteen. I think uh, part of the problem with the Buccaneers is they have no running game. No running none game. None whatsoever. Rashad White has not turned out to be the solid middle of the road, middle of the league starting running back that they thought he was going to be. So now they're all dependent on Baker Mayfield. And and Mike Evans is having a great year. He is, of course, but there's only year. so much that you can do with him and being Godwin. that one-sided. Yes. So the defense is doing the best they can. Uh, again, that is a trash heap of a division. Right now, the NFC South. Falcons are now in control, though, after they win 16-13 to in Tampa Bay. Very scary. The big game of the week, of course, featured your Miami Dolphins. Yep, and once again, they crapped the bed in a big game. Up north. Up north, yeah. Yep. Playing the Eagles, and they were in it for a good part of the game, and then they just completely fell apart. There were a couple of bad calls in there, but they did not execute when they needed to. Yeah, again, the weird thing about this week, the AFC East, Bills lose, bad game, bad loss for the Bills. Dolphins lose, not a bad loss. It was supposed to be a tough, hard-fought game, but they lose. And Bill Belichick beats the Bills. How that happens, I don't know. Just when you're counting him out. He pulls off an upset like this in an ugly game. Yep. Yep. So. And the the Bills, they don't have a running game right now. Yeah, they're they're another team. The you only thought running... James Cook was going, and James Cook, in terms of fantasy points, put up some big numbers. But they don't seem like they trust him. No, and that's a major problem. You got to stop running Josh Allen on design plays. You got to have him stop taking the stupid hits. Yeah. And so a lot of people now are questioning has the Bills Super Bowl window closed is it's McDermott closing. is McDermott the right coach for this team? How much influence did Leslie Frazier really have with that team? Cuz what's one of the missing pieces? Him not being there on the sideline calling the defense. Right, right. 
Even though, well, you do have a lot of injuries on the, the defensive there side, are, too. But still, they are not, the, they do not have that same swagger or vibe to them. They are not the same team. Yeah, they still have Von Miller, last I checked. Yeah, he's back. But Milano, of course, out for the year. Yeah, so. but even that offense does not look right. No, because we've talked about this with other teams. If you don't have that commitment to the running game and commit to one guy, I'm tired of these committees. The I committees am so are sick useless. and tired of these committees. Because each runner is different. You and how are the blocks? So many How's expectation to block. Right. How's the line supposed to know how to block? I'm sorry, there are nuances in the brutal, barbaric game of football. That's why I love it, because it's more like chess than people would make it out to be. The pawns up there front. Are, there are nuances. There are very subtle things that can throw the entire game off for the offense or the defense. Hey, you got to know. Coaching. Does my running, is my running back a power runner who can plow through the middle of a pileup. A Derrick Henry. Is my runner a finesse guy who needs a little hole to make a cut? I just have to knock a guy just out of the lane. Or do we have a speedster who has to get around the edge? Right, exactly. And if you keep rotating him in and now helter-skelter, the guys cannot get into the flow of blocking one way or the other. Right, of course, the coach speak would be, well, we don't want to beat one guy up. But again, through the years, through the decades, we've seen Walter Payton. We you, have seen Franco Harris. We have seen now currently Your running Henry. backs are getting injured more by rotating them in and out. Because they, they, they cool down, they warm up, they cool down, they yeah. warm up. The muscles, when they cool down, that's when you start having the pulled hamstrings, the pulled quads, the issues in the calves. That's when your knees are starting to get a little weakened with the muscles not being prepped and ready to go. Now, I'm sure there's some somebody out there who will question me on this, but I will say, I don't remember ever seeing a running back getting hurt plowing up the middle for four yards. Usually, like a Bo Jackson, they get tackled the wrong way. Right. Pulls the leg literally out of the hip socket. Saquon Barkley is a China doll, but usually when he gets hurt, he's running to the sidelines and the hamstring pulls. You never see a running back with a four-yard straight-up-the-middle plunge. Yeah, that is a rare issue. All right, so let's move on to the other games of the week. Again, most of the games that we didn't pick for our slate last week ended up being the most interesting. We talked about the Patriots beating the Bills, and of course, Monday night, the Vikings show up and play the best game I have seen them play in a long time. Yep, beating the Niners. Yep. Kirk Cousins, I had no – my fantasy quarterback, I had no faith in him. They had him projected at 15 points, and I was like, if I get 15 out of him, I will thank the, the fantasy gods above. <laughs> Guy throws for like 350 and two touchdowns yeah. with one How pick. does he do that against the Niners' defense? I tell you something, and you, you've, you've chastised me about this because we have different – philosophies when it comes to running our fantasy teams you have always told me your your 
convinced the way to go is go week by week. I've kind of poo-pooed that a little bit this season. I've stuck with the defense a couple weeks in a row instead of hopping the train too much. But see, me, I'm... If, I, if there is a defense that stands out to me, I'm grabbing them. I'm starting them every week, which is what I've done the last two years with the 49ers. I looked yesterday after the results were all in and the entire week was done. The 49ers, in terms of fantasy football points, aren't even close to the top 10. No. You know, they give, give Bosa the big money. Hasn't worked out. Teams are adjusting. Teams are yep. adapting. The Vikings showed that beautifully on Monday Night Football. Played an exquisite game. Now, the one thing I I could almost say, to my detriment, this could be one of our we fucking told you so things, <laughs> is that Cam Akers looks like he's going to take over as a starting running back, or at least that's going to be the dreaded split 50-50 committee. Yeah, because Madison looked okay at the beginning, but then Akers came in and gave him a pop, and I think they're leaning towards going with that committee, that dreaded committee. <laughs> but I mean, T.J. Hawkinson, you've got him still, even without Justin Jefferson. Addison, Addison showed up. Addison showed up big time in yeah, that game. Yeah, these guys outplayed themselves. Yes, and then you started to see chinks in the armor with Mr. Irrelevant yeah. here over the last two weeks. Now, news came out today. Of course, we're taping here on October the 25th, and this will drop tomorrow morning, the 26th. Brock Purdy has somehow very quietly, quietly, quietly been put in concussion protocol, and usually I don't think it's ever happened. A player plays with this few days to, to yeah. get them through concussion protocol. Yeah. So odds are Sunday night against the Bengals, you are going to see Sam Darnold. Maybe this explains some of the bad throws Brock Purdy made towards the end of that game. Could be. But kudos to the Vikings. They have got themselves back in it. A lot of teams like the Jets are probably going, oh, no, now we can't trade for Kirk Cousins because <laughs> the Vikings are actually wild card contenders again. Yep, and the Lions are starting to look like the Lions. Yep. So it wouldn't shock me if the Vikings get on a run here, especially considering the game they've got coming up this week. Yeah, this should be a gimme. Well. Should be. Should be. Again, the, but... the odds makers don't see it that way, but I do. You do. Most of our panel does. We'll yep, get to that we'll get in a minute. To that. All right, so uh, let's go through the games that we uh, we had last week. Of course, Thursday night, Jaguars beat the Saints in New Orleans, thirty-one twenty-four. One of the uh, the games that I missed last week because their tight end drops a pass. The Saints tight end <laughs> drops a pass that could have potentially tied the game with the extra point, sent it into overtime. Yep. So basically no it's defense in this game whatsoever. No. We talked about the Bears, of course. The Browns and the Colts. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This game was an absolute officiating train wreck. The Browns win 39-38, to 38, 
And if you, like me, watch this game, of course, the Bears weren't on. They got bumped because of this game. You, 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 the last couple minutes, you're like, they are legitimately trying to hand the Cleveland Browns a victory with call after call after call yeah. against the Colts when they should have arguably had the game done, sewn up, forced a fumble. In hand. No, that that was absolutely horrendous. And of course, the pass interference that wasn't because the ball was uncatchable. The ball was almost in the first row of the stands. Yeah, there's no way that ball could have been caught. That should have been waved off. And of course, the psycho owner, I say that in the best possible way, the psycho owner of the Colts, Jim Mersey, I'm sure the league loves him for this. Yeah. Because these conversations are supposed to be kept private. Right. Comes out and says, oh, by the way, the league told me. That they screwed up. Twice. Two calls definitely went against us that shouldn't have. Yep. And I'm sorry, those conversations should not be private. The owners should be able at will to discuss what's going on. Now, you and I are not NBA fans, right? By any stretch. No. But... Didn't the NBA put in a rule a couple years ago where they put out publicly reviews of the officiating in their games to try to make things more transparent? Yes, they did. NFL needs to learn a lesson. God help me from the NBA. And when are we going to get full-time officials? I don't know. I don't know. Instead of these half-assed individuals who don't know what they're calling. And it's starting to get a little bit more like baseball umpires, too, if you've noticed that. Where they're a little bit more about, hey, I got the camera time. Yep, it's about me, me, me. Yep. Yeah, you do not take notes from Joe West and Angel Hernandez. Yeah. So, again. Terrible game. Colts lose at home. Gardner Minshew had a very, very up-and-down frustrating game where he put up huge numbers but lost three fumbles. You cannot do that. You can't do that. Somehow the Giants beat the Commanders. (laughs) I don't know how, but the Commanders are who I thought they were at least. They're not that good. I'm surprised that it was 14 to 7. I thought it would have been more like 10 7, 10 6. And you know who the big disappointment is with the commanders? As as much as it pains me to say it, this could be an anti we fucking told you so. This is where Kev has to humbly say, Yeah, I was wrong. Jack Del Rio's defense is terrible. They're awful. Terrible. That is an inept time has- an inept awful. Giants offense. It's it's time for that coaching staff to be shaken up. Yep. It has to be done. Yep. All right. We talked about the Falcons and the Buccaneers as the arty party continues. We talked about the Ravens destroying the Lions. Yep. Steelers, as we predicted. Yep. Even though I heard a lot of grumbling about, again, the officiating towards the end of that game. But Steelers... In L.A., beat the Rams 24-17. Broncos somehow managed to beat the hapless, even more hapless than them. <laughs> yeah. 
Packers nineteen to seventeen. That that was ugly again. It's just two horrible teams. And we again last week that was the theme, and we're still seeing it. Yeah, it's just one horrible game after another. Speaking of bad football, Chargers played another bad game. And I heard a lot of people seconding what we were talking about last week with Brandon Staley and his going forward on fourth and one early. Yeah. In that three-point deficit they end up losing by. Yeah. You know, that that early fourth and one, oh, got to go for it. Analytics, they got to go for it. And it bites you in the ass and you lose by three. And he's he is the one that should be first he and foremost be. on the firing line. His hot seat should be nuclear, should be yeah. Oppenheimer level right now. He's an idiot. He has got a playoff caliber team all across the lineup, he and is, he is running them into the ground. He has got three great players on defense between Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James. He has got one of the greatest young quarterbacks. He has got one of the greatest running backs in Austin Eckler. He has got one of the best underrated receivers in Keenan Allen. And this is what you get. They're what, two and four right now? Yeah. And you're not using Eckler. Now, he's been dinged up. You wonder if that's not a little bit of the whole, I didn't get a new contract, so I'm bitter. Could be a little bit of that, yeah. but still, they just look completely out of sorts, and that comes from your coaching. Yeah, and of course, we talked about the Eagles beating the Dolphins. Yep. So, <sighs> other headlines in the NFL to address before we get into our picks for the upcoming Week 8. Kyler Murray, I mentioned, back at practice with the Cardinals. Yeah, That could help the Bears out in terms of keeping the Carolina Panthers, as the worst team in the NFL. Tariq Hill from the Dolphins dinged up a little bit with a hip injury. So he Mostert. Yeah, my my fantasy team's shaky right now for this week. I need those two guys badly, very badly. Another guy on my fantasy team who I was not a big fan of picking, but he kind of fell to me, Chris Olave supposedly de facto number one wide receiver in New Orleans, arrested for reckless driving, weaving in and out of traffic 70 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. Did he go to Georgia? (laughs) And, of course, the coaching staff says, we're not going to make too big a deal out of this. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't. No, but still, you have to hold players accountable for stupid decisions. Show some personal goddamn responsibility. Yeah, and then for the You're Browns, not invincible. No. Not at all. And then of course for the Browns, Watson's gonna be out again rehabbing that shoulder, so PJ Walker will be starting. Yeah, and again, just a travesty. The Browns should never have beaten the Colts this past weekend. No. Never should have. But of course, PJ Walker, we're paying him. The Bears are paying him, so what yeah, does it matter? So what is what does it matter for Cleveland? Idiots. All right, let's move on to our picks. Of course, Dave, tell the kids. There will, of course, be spillage into the next segment. All right, Thursday, I had to put. I know the point spread's a little silly, but I had to put this game on there. 
You got a four and three Bills team hosting a three and three Buccaneers team. They're both fighting for their midseason playoff lives. The Bills need to correct their ship. And I think everybody, for the most part on our panel, agrees that they will. The weather's not terrible up there in Orchard Park yet. Probably be 50s. You know, no snow yet. Not yet. We'll get that. That will be the following week. No, we'll get that for the Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, Broncos game. Oh yes, they're projecting they're snow for this have. weekend for that one. Yeah, that'll be fun. But yeah, of course we have of the six of our eight panelists who have their picks in. We have the one holdout who we can always depend upon. Yep, and I can tell you that Mrs. C will be taking the Bills in this well, of one. You can pencil will. that one in yeah. right now. Yep. <laughs> but six of the eight picks are in. Everybody but Doug takes Buffalo. He is going with, God bless him, the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, then we have the Rams going down to Arlington to play the Cowboys. Yep, Sunday, October the 29th. Um, <sighs> number one, I don't like the way the Rams lost that game to the Steelers at home. Number two, the Cowboys are rested. Yep. They've had a lot of time to think about how they have been kind of playing so-so football Mediocre lately. and I think maybe Cow- a little rest for some guys getting them back. Yep, I think Cowboys win this game convincingly. Yep, out of the picks in so far, everyone takes the Cowboys, except for Doug, who's taking the Rams. Of course he is. <laughs> you will notice a theme as we go through these picks. <laughs> Coming up next, the Vikings at the Packers. The NFC North showdown between basically two mediocre teams, but one on the upswing, one on the downswing. Yep. And I don't care if the Packers are at Lambeau. Again, the weather's they... not atrocious yet. No. And the Vikings, even on a short week, I usually wouldn't do this. On a short, short week, week, that team looks so goddamn good. They're playing much better than the Packers are. Vikings for everybody. Except for Doug, who's taking the Packers. <laughs> All right, this one was tough for me. This one was brutal for me. Yeah. <sighs> the Falcons going down to Nashville to play the Titans. Here's Ugh. the thing. Okay, I I know the Artie party is up and down. Desmond Ritter, you can't trust him. But they went to Tampa, and they beat Tampa. The Titans most likely will not have Ryan Tannehill. No, have so they're to going with... to play both quarterbacks. Oh, Willis and Levis? Yes. That, well, see, that Rabel doesn't... came out and said they will both be playing. I never named one of them a starter. Well, Willis doesn't throw the ball. No. That's the thing. They don't show any confidence or faith in him throwing the ball. I no. don't know what you're getting out of Will Levis. So that's a wild card. Yeah. It's I'll a... take the team who has still got the stable lineup, two good tight ends. Now, Jonu Smith has stepped up along with Kyle Pitts for a young quarterback who's not all that great. Right. You, you have those safety valves. I'll take the Falcons in a field goal game. Yep. Falcons across the board, except for the big blue W who's taking the Titans. The only reason he takes the Titans is because he sits there when he writes it down and writes tits. tits. <laughs> he loves to call them the tits. Yeah. All right. We talked a lot about the Colts and that travesty. Where they got hosed seven ways from Tuesday. And again, I'm going counter. I went counter with 
the fact the Vikings on a short week go on the road. Now, it's not a huge, long trip from Minneapolis to Lambeau. Yeah. But the Vikings are playing better. So now the Saints have had a lot of time to rest up playing a Thursday night game, going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. A pissed-off team. I think the Colts have shown me there. And now Jonathan Taylor is back. He has got a contract. He He is starting to look like the Jonathan Taylor of a couple years ago. Yeah. I like the Colts. And again, if Minshew can just not fumble the ball three times a game. I've seen nothing from the Saints. The Saints are just. And now this Olave story we talked about is a distraction. distraction. So. Colts are across the board. Shocks me a little bit. Shocks me a little bit. Little. It's bit. only a one point spread right now in favor but of Indy. Looking at how both teams have played. All right, let's call it there, Dave. Let's. We'll spill over into the next for our final handful of picks. We will be back after this brief little message. We'll be right back. Feeling mildly fatigued? Need a day off even if you just took one a few days ago? Make $30 million a year but just don't want to work for it? You need to join the NBA Load Management Club right now. When they're not napping or texting, guest lecturers Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving will describe foolproof ways to earn tens of thousands of dollars by not doing anything. Sports Frenzy 2.0, available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, is currently negotiating with LeBron James to bring his popular How to Make the Hall of Fame Without Really Trying webinar live and in person to the Load Management Club. Thanks again to Sports Frenzy 2.0 and all you apathetic fans out there for making us a success. All right, kids, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, second segment here, taping October 25th, 2023, dropping Thursday the 26th. It's spillage on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon, Audible, and iHeart Sports Frenzy, baby. Otherwise known, of course, as iHeartRadio. That's the maestro, Evan Crane. And that is the conquistador, Dave Height. And, of course, do not forget to check out the Facebook page for all of our football picks. When all the panelists get them in, we post them Thursday night before the kickoff of the first game that will impact our picks. The picks will be out there on Facebook for you to peruse and enjoy. Of course, don't forget, a couple weeks left. And NASCAR play again. Play well. at home. Play at home. Yeah, just like dumbass or not. Play at home. <laughs> play along with us. So we're going to finish up. we got four picks left on the pro slate before we move on to the college. <sighs> the, the young kids. But we have the Battle of the Meadowlands. Yep, MetLife Stadium. Jets at the Giants. Now, the Giants came through for me last week. But I, again, I, now I'm going back to form. Now I'm reverting back to logic, even though I went against it in some of the earlier picks. Jets have had a week off to regroup, rest, not really an away game. 
even nope. though it technically is. Yeah. This is not a home game for either team, let's face it. Yeah. Or it's site. a home game it's for a neutral both. Site. It's neutral. Because just as many Jets fans are going to be there as Giants fans. As happy as I was, the Giants came through for me last week against the ridiculous roller coaster ride known as the Commanders. Again, week off to rest, regroup, looking at the division with the Bills losing, with the Dolphins losing, the Jets actually might somehow believe they have a shot. Of course, <laughs> Mr. Hiawaska's on the sidelines. Helping call the plays because yes. he knows better. Yes. Whatever. I will say this. The Jets' defense wins this game. Yep. they. De- that's the strongest unit from both teams. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be for the Giants. I would imagine probably still Tyrod Taylor. But, yeah, I agree with you completely. Strongest unit on the field is the Jets' defense. They win the game. So, Jets for you, me, Sam, and Aaron. The Big Blue W and Doug take the Giants, the G-Men. Yep, continuing their contrarian ways. Speaking of. Jaguars at the Steelers. Should be an interesting game, but the panel, Jaguars across the board, except for Doug, taking the Steelers. Yeah, I just think right now, again, Mike Tomlin... I've never been a huge fan of his, but somehow he gets the job done. And again, he's got the Steelers team above 500. I don't know how with Kenny Pickett, who did not progress oh in God. year Penny, two. Kenny Pickett is looking He is not shaky. progressing in year two like we thought he would. No. The defense is, is kind of keeping them afloat. But they've they're, got they're that getting committee. gassed. They've got that committee, that running back committee. Najee Harris never emerged to be the, the superstar no. running back we thought he would be. The Jaguars are a better team. Yes, Now, coaching-wise, it's equal. Yeah, they're but, on an even par. But, but the, the Jaguars, Jaguars have a better team. Talent. And now they're starting to find their footing again. I, I said, I've always said since early on, after the Super Bowl, the Jaguars would be a force to be reckoned with. And I think that's going to end up happening. They're, they're still, in my mind, a contender for the ASC championship game. Definitely. All right. Browns going out to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Again. And P.J. Walker will be starting... One of the most hostile environments, if not the most hostile environment in the NFL. Yep. Seahawks across the board, except for Doug. I told you. Going with I, the told Browns. you I told you the pattern was setting back in again. <laughs> I just, this game's interesting. You, you would it's think, intriguing. You got a good Browns defense. Very good Browns defense. Very good Browns defense. But you have a solid Seattle team on both sides of the ball. Right. Right. And I don't know if DK Metcalf will be back or not, but the kid that subbed for him last week looked good. looked good. So they didn't miss a beat. No. Pete Carroll will figure it out. Yep. And then the final on our slate. The Bengals going out to California to play the Niners. Now, you say that's not the the issue. 
Usually the issue is a West Coast team coming to the East Coast with the jet lag. That tends to play into it. <laughs> anyway. I, this is an intriguing game. I took the breaking news. I took the breaking news and I I rubbed it all over my body like some kind of a, an ointment, a salve. And I said, this is going to be the game. Because if you've noticed, it's been boring this week. Boring, boring, boring. We're all in agreement. Not now. No, Not I wish I, I would have known this news before I sent my pick in earlier today. With the Brock Purdy news and knowing that Sam Darnold is most likely in line to play and start Sunday night, the Bengals have had a week off. The Niners are on a short week. And they're reeling. I'm taking the Bengals, baby. I'm taking the Bengals. You and Aaron so far have the Bengals. The rest and of I us. And I think he got the news first because he sent his picks in about 5, 530. And I bet you he heard it first because then I heard it about an hour later. Yep. And there was nothing about that when I made mine. Yep. So... Got the short shaft on that one because I was taking the Niners on the bounce back. But alas, that will probably not happen now. Boy, but I will say this to back up your pick. But you really see them losing three in a row? I can't see them losing three in a row. But again. But it's Sam Darnold. And I, I can't see the Bengals falling out of that race in the AFC North either. They would they would end up being in last place yeah. with a loss. Which Bengals team will show up, though? They've been... Eh. I know. I know. So we'll see. Will the 49ers defense finally step up and play up to the level that they're supposed to be? That's the big question. All right, let's move on to college football. Now, we're kind of in the doldrums here with college football. Haven't had a lot of great games Last weekend, don't have a lot of great games at all this weekend. No. We had to, like, piece together a very sketchy. Mediocre. Ten games to pick. But looking back at last week, we had the big showdown between Penn State and Ohio State. I did watch that game. Brutal (sighs) defensive struggle. But, again, James Franklin cannot win the big game. He is golden against the people he's supposed to beat. Yeah. He will never be accused of losing to teams he should beat, right. but he can never beat he, the team. He's, he's, and he is in Jim Harbaugh mode right now where he, he has not gotten that signature win. Correct. Yes. He, he just can't pull the trigger on that big win to vault the program up to the next level. And this was a week he had the opportunity to do it, but he there were some questionable decisions that he made yep. down the stretch. So Ohio State stays in the top four, 20-12 over the Nittany Lions. I don't know what the hell that Mississippi State-Arkansas game was. 7-3? How does Arkansas at home, how are they held to three freaking points the way they've been playing the last I literally weeks? saw that, and I had to refresh and reload my page. Thinking, like, wait, is, no, wait a minute, that's wait, a final? Wait, are they stuck on the first quarter here? Yeah. What, what is that, a final? 
what? No, no, it can't be a final. Reload, refresh. Seven to three, Mississippi State beats Arkansas State. You and I, of course, brilliant as always, picking Boston College to take care of business convincingly against an overhyped, overrated Georgia Tech team. Yep, Nick was on board with us there. Uh, Baylor, Cincinnati coming down to the wire. Baylor pulls it off, 32-29. Yep, and then, of course, Alabama beats Tennessee by two touchdowns. Yeah, Tennessee gave that one away, too. How about my Miami Hurricanes when I have lost all hope? (laughs) Tyler Van Dyke out, not playing, backup quarterback in the Miami Hurricanes, and that inept idiot Mario Cristobal somehow figure out a way in two overtimes to beat Dabo Swinney. (laughs) All hope is not lost, Canes Nation. We still got a shot at a good bowl game. Oh, my God. That just and freaking this ridiculous. Give, this should give Notre Dame hope that they can run the table as well. Oh, Now, with two yeah. losses. Things are getting They'll get a to little... a New Year's Day Bowl, but not yeah. a playoff bowl. No. No, they won't make the playoffs unless complete chaos comes about in the final weeks, but no. that ain't going to happen. No. And then, of course, the big Pac-12 showdown. USC has no defense. I mean, Lincoln Riley. I fucking told you so. Lincoln Riley has no defense. Notre Dame carved him up. And Utah, without their starting quarterback, Cam Rising, goes in to the Coliseum and beats USC 34-32. They should... Lincoln Riley should be ashamed of himself. Absolutely. That USC defense is pathetic. You saw it against Colorado when they allowed him to come back. You've seen it against Arizona where they gave up how many points. Yep. Yeah. You've got to have players on both sides of the ball. And there's chinks in the Caleb Williams game. Yeah, I'm still not convinced he's not going to drop. I like Penix. I'll tell you what. Penix up at Washington is I would love phenomenal. to see him as the Bears quarterback. I could live with that. I could see that. Get a get an offensive lineman with whatever the Bears But I don't being. trust the Bears to develop a quarterback. They have failed time and again. Well, no, you're going to get a new coaching staff. You have you? to. And this is their last shot in terms of the fan base. You and I and all the Bears fans out there. We are fed up. You, everybody agreed they should not have drafted Mitch Trubisky. That was a mistake. And I don't want to see that kid May from North Carolina. No more North Carolina picks. No, no, no. no. Justin Field has been destroyed by the Bears organization. Yes, yes. And we can't do it again. We've gone through Cade McNown. We have gone through Rex Grossman. We have gone through Mitch Trubisky. And now Justin Fields is on life support. This is the last organization cannot do anything with a quarterback. And it's pathetic that these guys who had potential to be good, if not great, are mired 
and mediocrity and abysmal play. And it's again because the front office is so cheap. They're stupid, but they're also cheap. Two things you don't ever want to be in life, stupid and cheap. That they they can't bring in a high-level coaching staff because it costs too much. We got to pay the players as it is. We can't pay the coaches too. What? What? It's pathetic. We need an ownership. We've told you time and again, the Bears need an owner who cares about the game. The McCaskies need to sell the team. All right, just a quick aside, because this is fun for me. In our pick standings. That you've been rising over the last couple weeks. Yes, I have risen to the top. I am now in the lead in our pick standings. Elder Statesman, three back. The Big Blue W, five behind. In fourth place, my brother from another mother, the Conquistador. Absolutely abysmal. 11 back already. That's kind of weird. That's kind of shocking. Yep. Don't some usually of my, see that. Some of Don't my picks have that. not panned out. And we haven't I even got, got to no, the half. These last three weeks have absolutely killed me. Yeah, we haven't even got to the halfway point yet. So Yeah, the last three weeks have devastated me. I just have no feel for any of it. All right, 10 picks for NCAA Week 9. Again, not a lot of great games this week, so I picked the games again given my stipulations with the best point spreads and, of course, teams that actually are playing for something, even in smaller conferences. So we start off Thursday night with a doubleheader. October the 26th, ACC matchup, Syracuse at Virginia Tech. Shall we continue with the theme? Why not? Vatek across the board, except for Doug going with Syracuse. He's on Orange Island. Again, six of our eight panelists have their picks in here at this point. This is one of those ones where I would put a little asterisk, a little check mark next to it. I'm worried about this one. I am worried about this one. This one I hemmed and hawed. I am going on Georgia State Island. I feel an upset here. Well, it's only a point and a half spread. Yeah, but still. Everybody else takes Georgia Southern. Dave, as he mentioned, the lone pick for Georgia State. This could be huge. Visiting Georgia Southern. Moving on to Saturday, October the 28th, West Virginia at UCF. Wow. Yeah, this is not looking good for me, kids. I'm going on Mountaineer Island. I just like UCF's offense. I really do, especially at home. Um, I told you about West Virginia, that devastating loss to Houston a couple weeks back, and I think that has taken all the air out of their sails. I'm hoping for a bounce back. Now, this is one of those picks where I'm going with you. You and I are simpatico on this. The battle of the Michigan teams. Yep. It's a directional school showdown. (laughs) Directional school showdown. I like that. (laughs) Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan. It's actually split three and three, though. Yep. Not bad. You and I and Aaron go with Eastern Michigan, where Sam and Bill and Doug go west. Yep. Go Go west, west, young young man. man. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Now, one of the few big games of the weekend. Number eight, Oregon. Going into play. Number 13, Utah. Very tough at home, the Utes. They are. Coming off a big win on the road at USC. They're ripe for the pickings for an Oregon team that's playing pretty well. Yeah, I think Oregon's a better team. And I know, again, Utah plays very well at home. But I got to take the Ducks. I think the Ducks are by far the better team. Again, the whole saga with Cam Rising, the starting quarterback. Will he play? Won't he play? He's not playing. Don't need the distraction. Yep. Not taking anything away from Utah. Utah is a very well-coached, very solid team. Another top 20 matchup, number 20, Duke, with a very good defense. Going into play number 18, Louisville, who stumbled badly last weekend against Pittsburgh. Yes, that was not a good game, but they're at home for the bounce back. Louisville across the board, except for Aaron taking Duke. Yeah, this is another one that, that gave me a little bit of little pause. trepidation. A Big 12 <sighs> middle-of-the-road matchup, Iowa State at Baylor. I know I went with Baylor last week, but I I think I like Iowa State better here. I I looked at their schedule. I think they've played tougher competition. They have, but this is one of those where I felt Iowa State was in for a letdown game, being on the road. We're split, three and three. Yep. You, Sam, and Doug take Iowa State. I've got Baylor along with the Big Blue W and Aaron. Marshall, 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 Marshall at Coastal Carolina. Just remember a few short years ago, kids, Coastal Carolina was one of those teams, one of those smaller conference teams that was pushing. Trying. They were trying to say, hey, look at us, look at us, top 10, top 15. We're Top a good 17. team. We're yes. a good team. Yep. And now they're playing like it and showing everybody. So I'm with you on this one. Coastal Carolina for you, me, and Doug Marshall for the rest. Sam, Bill, and Aaron. Sam, Bill, and Aaron go Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Marshall. Oh, tough, tough, tough game here. Number 21, Tennessee at Kentucky. God help me. Uh, Kentucky is so hard to figure out. Kentucky is so hard. So is Tennessee. I I don't Mm. trust. I I trust Tennessee more than I trust Kentucky. I'm taking Kentucky at home and I am on Kentucky Island. (laughs) God help me. God help you for that. Yeah, you're on Kentucky Island. There's going to be a lot of uh, incest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People screwing coconuts. Oh, God. Coconuts? If you're on an island. Well, okay. You know, know, those Kentucky people, they'll fuck anything that moves. Uh, All right, finally, another smaller conference game, but a very important game. Troy at Texas State. Troy eh, just seems to be the better team. They do. They've played, they looking at the past games, looks like they've been playing a little bit better. Yep. So, Troy across the board except for Aaron going with Texas State. All right, kids, there you go. That is our 
look at college football for the week. Now, let's move on to NASCAR. We are winding down. We have got the ninth playoff race out of 10 this upcoming weekend, getting close to deciding a champion. So, of course, last week was the Homestead-Miami race. Martin Truex Jr. got the pole. Things did not go very well for Martin Truex Jr. No, not quite so well at all. He and Denny Hamlin both got caught up in a mess, but Joe Gibbs did end up with the last laugh. Yep. Christopher Bell gets the win, advances to the final four. So him and Kyle Larson are locked in, leaving only two spots left. So this Martinsville race, the Xfinity 500, should be a gas, man. Should be a gas. Yep. We will see. This is Hamlin's last gasp. And again, we've talked about this for years and years. Is he going to end up going down as the, the greatest racer to never win a cup title? Who knows? We will see. Before we get to our picks, some headlines. One very significant headline, which I don't like at all. I am not a fan of this news. We talked here recently. Again, anytime Chicago is involved in anything, it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. So we talked about the fact that when NASCAR announced their 2024 schedule, that the powers that be in Chicago came out and said, well, we're not done negotiating yet. We're not done. We've got to work on a contract. So now Chicago, now they have to renegotiate. Now the Chicago street race has been announced. Both the Xfinity and the cup races will be shortened. Specifically, the cup race will drop to 75 laps from 100 basically cutting it down from 220 miles to 165. See, I don't like like less is more. I don't believe that. it's not. It's not. It does not. There's no reason for it. Well, here's my my thing. You are technically still a TV-driven sport, an advertiser-driven sport. Right, and so you. So are now you're gonna have less time on the air. Away. You're gonna have less time on the air, less racing, so less are you commercials. Show more damn commercials and less race now as a result of it. Or do more of the split screen stuff. They're gonna have to make up the money somehow. Yeah, and we talked about this here over the last couple of weeks. Ratings are down, not a ton, but they are. But they down. are down two to three percent, roughly per race. They're not picking up new viewers. No, they're not. Despite the, you know how much they hype up things like the Chicago street race. Yeah, it's just not being the draw. All right, so let's move on to our picks for the Xfinity 500 from Martinsville. Now, I had to go as the leader of the Frenzy <clears throat> Cup. I've had to play this a certain way the last couple weeks. I stuck with my plan. Didn't work out all too well last week. Lost a little bit of my lead. Sticking with my plan. Sticking with the plan. Stick with the plan. And the elder statesman in second place did what I wanted him to do. Because he (laughs) could have forced my hand. Let's explain this. 
I know what the elder statesman's got left. He knows what I've got left. As a leader, I have to make my pick first. I knew he had a Christopher Bell left and a William Byron. I unfortunately burned most of my final eight racers. I have Bell left. I'm saving Bell now that he's locked in for, for the, the title team. race. I would have flipped it if Bell had not won at Miami, and it would have I would have thrown, and of course Sam would have flipped right and put Byron in here. So I'm going with a man who, in the past, has dominated at Martinsville. Granted, not showing a lot of fire this year, but no, nope. I had to pick somebody. I had to pick you had somebody. To pick someone. So I'm taking Chase Elliott. As is the Big Blue W, because of course. Because that's all he does is follow the leader. That's his strategy for this year. Now, Sam is taking Christopher Bell, which is fine with me because I don't think Bell's going to run as hard as he would. No, he doesn't given, need to. Given the fact that there is no penalty or no no gain either way. Yeah, he can finish first. He can finish last. There's really nothing to be gained outside of money. Right. So that's fine with me. I know he's taken Byron. Byron, by all accounts, should, unless there's a disaster here at Martinsville, make the final four. So it's going to be me with Bell, him with Byron for the championship. Yep. See, now he could have gambled and taken Byron and assumed that he would do so much better than me at Martinsville and then forced me to either take second place as we both take Bell. That yeah, would have been an interesting strategy. Interesting. Would have been a very interesting strategy. But we're waiting on Mrs. C, who's in third place. She is still within striking distance. She is. So we'll see who Mrs. C takes. So Sam takes Christopher Bell. You are taking a little bit of a surprise. I'm going out on... Everybody else I've taken who's supposed to have done well in all these damn races has fucked me over. So I'm going out on a little bit of an offshoot and going with Mr. Chase Briscoe. Nick goes with Martin Truex Jr., who has to run well to get in. Doug, same thing with Ryan Blaney. And Aaron, same thing with Denny Hamlin. So there you go. We shall see what happens. The Frenzy Cup competition always makes these last few races a little more interesting because football's going on. Yep, and we're not paying as much attention. Right. So, we shall see. And, of course, in a couple weeks, we will award the Frenzy Cup to hopefully me. (laughs) Probably. I haven't won it in forever, man. I deserve this one. (laughs) I should get... Now, we talked about the fact that we might change the rules to give a little more points to the, the regular <clears throat> season winner. Right. We're not going to do this Martin Truex Jr. shit. No, where you reset every freaking time. No, you get the one-time bump. And that's it. That's it. I hate I this still reset. Like this. Martin Truex Jr. should not be where he is right no, now. No, he should not. He, he has should been not awful, be- awful in the playoffs. <clears throat> He yeah. should not even be in the final eight. No. No, he shouldn't at Bubba all. Bubba Wallace has run better than he has. Yeah. No. Truex should not even be close. All right, kids. 
two segments down. We're going to try to fit everything into one final segment. Got baseball, of course. The World Series is set. We have got to play America's Favorite Game Show. Yep, coming up, dumbass or not. And, of course, we'll talk about the Blackhawks. First full week of the season for them. Yep, and it's going about as well as I thought it would. NBA season begins as well. We'll briefly yep. talk about that. Very the headlines briefly. off the court might actually dominate yeah. instead of what happened on the court. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Kyrie Irving, NBA superstar of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, the Boston Celtics. Whoops. Brooklyn Nets. Damn. Dallas Mavericks. And while I may leave a trail of wreckage wherever I go, I still like to spend my off time listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. And if you don't like it, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Hell, nothing's ever my fault. Kyrie is never, ever wrong, people. All right, everybody, third and final segment here. Yes, we're able to pack this all in here on October the 25th. That's what she said. Well, you know, <laughs> when you're dealing with the maestro, my baton is not thin and small. <laughs> It is October the 25th, 2023, as the conquistador almost left me speechless. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Dropping, of course, October the 26th. We've been wont to try to do things in four segments, but I think we'll be able to get everything done in three this week. Of course, baseball is up next on the agenda. The World Series is set, and it will be the, the lowest world. rated. The wild cards reigned in the postseason. And the visiting teams yes, reigned. Through the home field advantage does not do anything for you in baseball. No, no, it did not, especially this season, as you have the Diamondbacks taking out the Phillies and the Rangers taking out the Astros. Yep. So again, I hate to say it. It's going to be the lowest rated World Series by far of all time because nobody on the East Coast cares. Nobody in the Midwest cares. You've got a team in the Southwest and a team in the South. Nobody's going to watch this. Yeah. Nobody's going to watch. There's not a lot of star power. If I, I should qualify that, if you don't pay attention to baseball other than for the big names. Right. Adolis Garcia for the Rangers, is turning into a major star. Kettle Marte for the Diamondbacks. These are the two MVPs of the NLCS and the ALCS. And Bruce Bochy is going for another World Series title. With a different team. With a different team. Now, I was thinking about this. I did not cheat. I did not look it up. Outside of Sparky Anderson, has there ever been a manager to win World Series with two different teams? Tony LaRussa did with the A's and the Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay, there we go. Did not think of him. So there you go. But, I mean, these are the, the creme de la creme. I know you hate Tony LaRussa for different reasons. But, yeah. But, but 
if Bochi wins with, of course, three times with the Giants and now with the Rangers. Rarified air with four. Yep. So we'll talk for a minute here about what happened. Of course, both both series went seven games. Yeah, knockdown, drag out series. The uh, Rangers, of course, as Dave mentioned, topped the Astros in seven. All four games won by the visiting team. Yep. Crazy, isn't it? Yep. Dusty Baker now, of course, announces his retirement. He got his World Series. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. He is. He is. His his record as a manager is fantastic. Phenomenal. It's fantastic. He's Even got he his only got team. the one title. Yeah, but, but Bobby he's got Cox his... only got one. Yeah. You know, you get your teams consistently into the playoffs. Yep, and that's what he did. So the the World Series will start Friday in Arlington, as the Diamondbacks start off in Texas against the Rangers. We mentioned Adolis Garcia, MVP in the ALCS, a postseason series record. 15 RBIs in one series. Absolutely crazy. That guy is on fire right now. Then you got other managing news. Bob Melvin gets permission from the Padres to interview with the Giants. No, he took the job. He took the job. Originally, last week, they gave him permission to interview. No, he took the job. And he took the job. So he's going from Southern California to Northern California. And I got to believe there's something something wrong with that that whole dynamic, that, that atmosphere with the Padres, with yeah. all the high-priced talent they've got for Bob Melvin. They to, were, there were rumblings that there was feuding, bickering between him and the front office, that they did not see eye-to-eye on how things should be done. And I know this is going to sound like a cliche, but... I've got to believe the Giants organization is a lot more laid back. Hey, man. No, <laughs> no you, seriously. I'm being serious. I'm no, not trying to make They are going up. to give Bob Melvin the reins to do what he needs to get that team going. Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to make a hippie joke. No. But I, I, do, I do believe that they're going to be a lot more laid back in terms of how they handle They're going to be more the hands team. off. Yeah and not mired in the day-to-day decision-making. Right, right. And Bob Melvin's personality seems to be better fit as opposed to Gabe Kapler. Yep. You know, very tightly wound kind of guy. Bob Melvin seems like he's more of an old-school, let-things-play-out type baseball guy. Let's see how it rolls. A Bruce Bruce Bochy. Yep. Yep, Bruce Bochy type guy. Of course, the Giants know him very well. Yes. So just interesting in the same division. Yeah, just just weird. Boggles the mind, doesn't weird. it? Weird. Just yep. very, very weird. As we told you people, Craig Council of the Brewers is interviewing with the Mets. Yes, yeah, shocking. 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 Considering Stearns, his old boss, just moved over to the Mets. Yeah. And he, I'm telling you what, if this doesn't happen, then I the would Mets be, are I would dumber be, than dumb. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil one of our dumb asses of the week, <laughs> but I'm not going to make really ridiculous, stupid promises. But 
this would be the time where I would make a really ridiculous, <laughs> stupid promise if Craig Council is not the next manager of the New York Mets. Yeah. He should be. And we'll now we'll see how that dynamic works with right. a guy like Francisco Lindor. Council has never, ever, he ever hasn't had, had one of those payroll. head cases. Well, he hasn't had the huge payroll no. with the head cases. Yeah. This will and be a true pressure, test. The pressure of that New comes York. with New York. Why, why, why would he want to do that to himself? Because he's maybe not gonna, for the challenge. He's not, he's not going to get a sniff of a title right. in he, Milwaukee he's not with going the low any payroll. further than he is or he has with the Brewers. He's just yeah. not. No. They're never going to spend the money. You know, the one time they spent the money was on Christian Yelich, and he's and, fallen off the table. Yeah. And so that was their one big shot was we're going to go we'll, after we'll this guy. This, and he, he got us an MVP. And he flopped after getting the big money. And they said, we're not getting burned again. Right. Right. And unfortunately, with a mid-level team like that, that's all you can do. Yeah. You got, got a that shot one, at one shot. maybe two guys. And that's it. Yep. So, I will not be watching the Diamondbacks <laughs> Rangers. Maybe I'll you kind kids of pay will. attention, but it's not. Uh, I'm sorry, it's it, not must see TV. We have talked about this for years now. Baseball is the one sport. Unless your team is in it, you're not watching. Right. It's not like the NFL. Yeah, it where you watch like any and every game. Like I said, I was fully invested last weekend in watching the Ravens and the Colts, or the the uh, the Browns and the Colts. Yeah, I was watching the Ravens and the Lions as well, but. Two teams I could really, in the end, give two rip shits about. But it's the NFL. It's always right. interesting. It's always fun. Yeah. And it's not a long, drug-out series. Well, and you know how long every game's going to be. Right. Three hours, 15 minutes, done. Over. Bye-bye. Boom. Move Confetti. on to the next one. That's it. So. All right. Interesting move by the UFC. You knew this was going to happen eventually. You knew Bud Light was not just going to fade away into total obscurity. Right. So Dana White, of course, always willing to take a chance. The UFC inks a multi-year marketing deal with Anheuser-Busch, specifically going to put Bud Light back up front after the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. But again, you kind of knew this was coming. It, there was there was no way Bud Light was just going to die out. No, they're not just going to roll over. Too big to fail. Yeah. Isn't that the thing with the banks from years ago? Yeah, too, too big, big to, to fail. fail. <laughs> so we will see if UFC, the UFC has enough push to get Bud Light back past Modelo as the number one beer here in America. couple of other uh, tidbits we missed in NCAA football. Yes. Good Lord. Is this going to be it for Harbaugh in Michigan? Another scandal rearing its head as one of his staffers, Connor, what was it? Connor Stallions? Listen, buying. Sounds like a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bought tickets to Big Ten games and non-Big Ten games 
watching teams that the Wolverines were going to play, bought tickets to 35 games at 17 different stadiums. And there's video showing him or his representatives in those seats with their cell phones pointed at the opposing team's bench, trying to pick up signs on what they were going to do, what trying to get some inside scoop. But again, is this, we had the scandal in baseball with the Astros. I don't know, and Belichick with the Patriots. I don't know how egregious this is. There's, this is going overboard where you're actually, the problem is when you're actually using video. If you can figure it out during the game, that's one thing. If you're using video to study what's going on, that's where the problem comes Which was, into of play. of course, the accusation with Belichick. Right. But yeah, I, I, I think it just seems like over the last few years, Harbaugh is trying to find any kind of excuse to get out of Michigan, to get into the pros again. He's done enough. He's proven with Michigan. He is still a great college coach. Now he hasn't won the big game. He's beaten Ohio State. He got that one signature win. And that's pretty much it. Now it just seems like he's he's doing anything and everything he possibly he's running across the field with with naked with fire, <laughs> trying to <laughs> rape a cheerleader. Oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Dismiss me. Yes. yes. Stick my jacket straight up your ass. Fire me with cause. Yes. Get me out of this deal. You know he wants to go back to the pros so bad. So bad. But good grief. Is it time to bring the headset communication from the sideline to the quarterback helmets to the college that they use in the pros? Why not? The technology's there. Why not? It makes sense instead of having these four idiots on the sidelines with the stupid placards of the stupid various emojis. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm with you on that. Um, and the other uh, college football news we missed in the last segment, Army. Army, going from independent, now they're going to join the All-American Conference next year, 2024. There you go. Of course, we have the NBA season starting off as of last night. Oh, as we take... yay. Yeah, didn't care. <laughs> the only thing I care about is the fact that the Lakers lost And of course, Dwight Howard. Jeez, I can't believe Dwight. that this guy Dwight. used to play Dwight. for my favorite team and used to be the best player in the league. Yeah. Got the magic to the finals. Now, Dwight Howard it comes out accused of a 2021 sexual assault against another man. Whew. We'll see what happens with this. Would it shock me if there was something there? No. no. He he was one of those guys drafted, again, too young. This is why I can't stand bringing 18, 19-year-olds into the league. You bring kids into play they, with A men. lot of them cannot handle the stress, the money, the popularity, and I think Dwight Howard is a perfect example of that. 
Yep. So in the end, no, it would not shock me if he did something. Current superstar, arguably the best player in the league. I think there are a couple others who could make a, a claim at that title, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. Of course, he was grumbling here for a couple months. Do something to make the Bucks relevant again. Give me some help. Well, they got him help. They brought in Damian Lillard. And then, of course, they threw every possible dollar they could dig up in the city of Milwaukee and gave it to Giannis. Gets a three-year, $186 million extension. So basically, <sighs> Milwaukee, you're going to have two players. And nobody else. And Dave and I. <laughs> Dave and I, they're going to call us tomorrow to play. <laughs> yeah, guess what? Ain't going to happen. Power forward. I can be power forward. <laughs> two points, half a rebound a game. <laughs> Hell yeah, I could do it. <laughs> Give me the league minimum? Hell yeah. Milwaukee, that doesn't strike me as a bad city. Good place to live for a couple years. All right, uh, I have got a badass of the week, and I believe Dave does as well here in the world of sports. Two yep. vastly different. Vastly different. I'll let Dave go first. All right. <clears throat> America's sweetheart, Mary Lou Retton, not that long ago, on a ventilator in the hospital, battling pneumonia, fighting for her life. She fought pneumonia and won. She is back home on the road to recovery. Good for her. Now, see, I've heard it's going back and forth. But, yeah, much better than she was the last yeah, time we discussed. She's battling still, but she is home, off the ventilator, out of the hospital. All right, like I said, I'm going completely different. I watch fantasy football now on ESPN every Sunday. And it's a fun show. It is a damn fun show. Feeds into my my need for, for information when it comes to fantasy football. But they they have a very fun crew. And Mike Clay loves to tell one terrible joke every oh, week. No. Oh, no. A couple weeks ago, he told a joke that I thought was absolutely hysterical. So he is going to be my badass of the week. Mike Clay... <laughs> Tells the, the the cast, the the crew on Fantasy Football Now, hey guys, I went to see a concert last week for 45 cents. It was 50 cents with a nickelback. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I just thought it was oh, so bad it was funny. Oh, so bad it was funny. Oh. Every week he's got one of those. Very, he's very, got a groaner. Yeah, every week he's got. I think last week he had one where, what was it? He said he was at his daughter's softball game, and and uh, people told him, "Look out! Look out! It's coming! It's coming! It's coming!" Something like that. <laughs> I'm not doing it justice, but he's got uh, some. He's got some really good like dad jokes. Let's put it that way. And there we go. All right. You want to talk about your Blackhawks, Connor Bedard, the the myth, four, the legend. Four points, two goals, two assists through the first seven games. They're two and five. He's not playing bad. He's finding his way on the ice. 
but they're just still not ready. Yet. They're still not ready. That yeah, they got a ways to go. They're competitive at least, but they're they're still on the road to the rebuild. Yeah, what was it they had last night on ESPN? Was it uh, some like uh, some kind of frenzy where? Every oh, yeah. team was playing. Every team and they played. had like a, a red zone type of yeah, thing. The, with and hockey. the puck, the puck, there was a puck drop every fifteen minutes, starting the games. Yeah, frozen frenzy was frozen it maybe? frenzy. Maybe that was like it. That. Yeah, yeah. But it it was kind of cool. Of course, ESPN now getting into the hockey since they've got the new contract. So well, they've course, gone yeah. all in with it. Yeah, and once they they drop hockey, they'll never cover it again. Exactly. Just like with NASCAR. Yeah. So it's it's all or nothing with them. Yep. All right, no moments of silence, which is always a That's good thing. That's a good thing. As Dave mentioned, Mary Lou Retton still fighting, still hanging in there. So let's hope that uh, the slate stays clean for a while. But you know what that means. More time for America's favorite game show. It is time for Dumbass or Not, sponsored by Red Foreman. I have six potential dumbasses here in the last 10 minutes to bounce off your Uncle Dave. Let us begin, shall we? Let's. Now, for me, this was an easy one, and I had to go on social media to verify it. And luckily, there are tens of thousands of people who staunchly agree with me. So if your Uncle Dave does not, he's the dumbass. I'm telling you right now. This one, <laughs> this one, I have no doubt. Watching the Ohio State-Penn State game last weekend. Of course, I had my finger hovering over the mute button because Gus Johnson was doing the game. Yeah, that's all you had to say but, was Gus Johnson. But I let it slide. God help me, I never should have. Because Gus Johnson decided to come up with a brand new nickname for Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh. He decided to start calling him Maserati Marv. Not once, not twice, not three times, but about 50 times during the broadcast. And I'm being generous. I'm uh, underestimating it when I say 50 times. There well, are people out there Maserati saying... Maserati Marv's lined up on the outside for this play. Oh, there's Maserati Marv on the left-hand side. Oh, he's lined up in the slot. I'll give Joel Klatt a lot of credit. He didn't call him Maserati Marv until the fourth quarter. He had to be sitting there cringing, going, Would you just, just shut the fuck up? Up, you idiot. Gus Johnson is, is awful. He's horrible. If you were to put him in the booth with Tony Romo, I would think oh the world God. would implode. The, the world would implode. My ears would be bleeding. My eye, blood would be oozing from the eyeballs. I don't the care brain melts. if people love his enthusiasm. He's a dumbass who should not be calling games. Yeah. I don't want to hear Maserati Marv ever again. Ever again. Next up. Watching the NFL on Sunday. I am so tired of every day on the calendar being something. How many times did I have to listen to these idiots talking about it's National Tight End Day? 
It's oh, National oh, Tight End Day. As we record this, it's National Greasy Food Day. Shut up, Dave! Stop buying into this crap! I'm sick of it! It's, it's stupid. It's dumbass! It is dumbass. You have every day has a day for like 20 different freaking things. Yeah. It's beyond natural uh, National Mutual Masturbation Day. Jesus Christ! Can we just stop? Please! For the love of God! I think tomorrow's National Shave Your Genitals Day. <laughs> <laughs> National pubic hair shaving day. God, just stop! Just, just stop! Done. We don't need it. The the basic holidays, and that's it. Stop making don't, shit up. Don't name the months. Don't name the days. I'm just enough with let it. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Boy, Michigan State has had a bad fucking year. <laughs> Uh, decade? Michigan State last weekend, they claim it was a third party who they had contracted with to do trivia on the video board before the game. <laughs> Problem is, this uh, third party decided to put up a picture of Hitler on the, the video board up in East Lansing. Oh, Lord have Oh, mercy. all we were trying to do was do a trivia question about where was Hitler born? How about you realize nothing with Hitler ever works out well? No, 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 no. That is complete dumb ass. What does Hitler have to do with football? But it was just trivia. It was just all in fun. No, babe. it's <laughs> dumbassery. Hamas hacked it. <laughs> Hamas hacked the video board. Hamas hacked the video board. <laughs> Wasn't that the Buggles? Yes, I think Wasn't it was. Wasn't that the first video ever shown on MTV? All right. A loudmouth like us, legendary loudmouth, mad dog Chris Russo. Formerly of WFAN, now, of course, on First Take with Stephen A. Smith. Made the bold... Never make a bold proclamation. Never make a promise that you can't keep. Never write a check that your ass can't cash. Mad Dog said, if the Phillies do not win Game 7... Of the NLCS against the Diamondbacks, I will retire. Dave, what happened? He didn't retire. The Diamondbacks won. The Diamondbacks won. No, and he. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I, I, I said that was only radio. No. You already retired from radio, no. you idiot. You dumbass. Put it up. Get the hell off the air. Everybody's sick of your stupidity as it is. Never, ever, ever promise something you cannot follow through on. Idiot. Dumbass. Speaking of idiots, when are these athletes, I don't care if it's baseball, football, basketball, when are these professional athletes going to learn, don't flash your bling? I wouldn't even buy the bling. No. What? 
Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Demarcus Robinson robbed at gunpoint in an L.A. hotel of $100,000 in jewelry and watches. The best part, Demarcus Robinson, zero catches this year. Yet somehow he can afford $100,000 in jewelry and watches that can get stolen. Yeah. Never, never will understand it. Never will understand it. Dumbass culture. Finally. Sixth and final potential dumbass. This one's easy. This one's easy. We're going to go to a game show. Former NFL player Rashad Jennings was on the Wheel of Fortune. He had this puzzle to solve, Dave. Blank. U-E-N-T-I-N space T-A-R-A-N-T-I-N-O. Blank. Winton Tarantino. Rashad Jennings guest P. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was his guest. Anyone? No, just no. kidding. No, he did not. He did not. What a freaking dumbass. And then you wonder why, despite the fact that CJ Stroud is proving me wrong and Dan Marino proved me wrong, that I still believe to some extent in these intelligence tests because of guys like Rashad Jennings. Granted, it's pop culture. It's not actually math and basic English, but still. Come on. Who the hell doesn't know Quentin Tarantino by now? Complete dumbass Don't tell me these guys aren't watching Quentin Tarantino movies because of all the violence and the the cursing, you know that's you right know, in their wheelhouse. That's right, that's right up their alley. Ugh. We're not asking him to spell Meryl Streep, okay? But we digress. And that will do it for yet another wonderful episode of the sports edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. But of course, we're not done for the week just quite yet. Saturday morning, check out the weekend edition, our Halloween extravaganza. Scary movies to review. Maybe some scary music. (laughs) Potential, hmm. Of course, we will once again break out America's favorite game show with the pop culture version of Dumbass or Not. Yep. He's... On that cheery note, it's time to say adieu for this sports edition. Yes, of course, we'll do it again in seven days. We'll get into the first few games of the World Series. Again, recap whether the Bears look good or bad. Yep, check out the Facebook page, and we'll check you out next week, kids. Bye-bye.